and welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here at the Bedpost Podcast is I bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have conversations about sex and sexuality with me, and that is very true for this episode, but wait, I have to tell you about my Patreon. (laughs) And actually, myself and this guest were just having a really great conversation about Patreon and how great it is, so here, here, you can listen in as well. These are the things I offer on my Patreon. So uh, I have three tiers. Uh, Every tier you're getting um, one bonus episode. It's just a solo mini episode of me talking at you. Uh, So every tier gets that. The second tier you can get two of those a month. And then the third tier you can get two of those a month plus some cool fetish content. So you know I'm a pro dom at this point in my life and I create a lot of content and some of it is oh a little too spicy to put on you know social media or maybe it's um you know I only put one of those pictures up on social media and I have like tons so I'm releasing whole photo sets and um videos as well because I'm (laughs) I'm friends with a lot of fun fetishists who like to create content and then it's like oh well what do we do with it you know what we do with it we put it on the Patreon so If you are into any of those things, or you just want to throw me a couple bucks in support, you can do so at patreon.com slash thebedpostshow. That said, I have a fantastic guest coming back for the third time here on the podcast. And I even looked it up. You can go back, if you're interested, to see this guest on episode 93 and episode 134. And episode 134 is also one of the ones that we recorded in the studio. So you can see that on our YouTube page as well. So who is it, you might say, to yourself? In the bath or on the streetcar or (laughs) stuck in traffic somewhere coming back from the holidays yes this is sex and pleasure nope sex and pleasure educator luna matadas hey i'm so glad to be back (laughs) i'm so glad to have you back i'm so glad I, i i'm not sure what made me think oh my god i need to have her back i think it was um, when you were on Sunny's podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was so fun. How so was that? Yeah. American Sex Podcast. And I've, I've totally fangirled Sunny and Ken forever because they're amazing and a fantastic educators and I've learned so much from them. And so, of course, I was giddy when they were like, hey, Luna, want to come on and talk about fluids? I was like, oh my God, yeah. Mm, yeah. Fluids, yes. <laughs> so we talked all about fun with fluids and they added a whole bunch of fluids that I didn't even really know about. We were talking about snot. I know. We tears we're talking about like yeah sweat pee everything yeah yeah it oh my was God. really fun. yeah that also same like i i do a bit of fluid play you know there are a couple fluids that i'm into but i was like oh snot job i'm sorry what <laughs> what <laughs> and then they were debating whether or not snot has a scent Yes. Oh my God. Can you, can you smell boogers? Oh my God. That was a really funny tangent. Those two are insane. It was so good. It was so good. Good times. What do you think, like, what was the takeaway, do you think, from that episode? I think it was really that we've got a lot of, um really set perspectives on fluids already and outside of an erotic context. And so we're like, these ones are fun for sexy times and these ones are not. But our bodies are just like doing their thing, They're right? fluid machines. Yeah, like I just sweat like a fiend all the time and especially during sex or if I've had coffee. And <laughs> so it's not like I control that. And so I think it was like really good to kind of neutralize how we talk about fluids. And if you want to eroticize them, fine. If you just want to be more accepting of them, cool. If you're grossed out by them, also cool to know then how do you communicate that? Yeah, yeah, very cool. What specific fluids do you um, teach classes on? Because I know because you're an educator, you're a fantastic fucking educator. Aww, thank you. I've had uh, if y'all haven't heard Luna before, like I've also had her on my bedpost stage show numerous mm-hmm. times. You're fantastic, like as the sex expert. For yeah. the evening, you're just fantastic. I actually recommended somebody to you very recently as well Aww. as uh, to have 
pleasure coaching for oh, me. Oh, nice. Oh, lovely. And I know, I know you do workshops on fluids. You've done one at the Ritual Chamber, haven't you? Yeah. What fluids are you talking about in your workshops? Yeah, so in that one... I focused, actually, it's funny, I developed that one because I was teaching a pee play workshop, Mm -hmm. and I found that lots of people would write me and say, oh my god, I'm so into this, but I'm not coming to a class, (laughs) or like, do you offer this online? And even if it was amongst other pee play people, they just didn't want to be out about it in that kind of space. And so I broadened it also to talk about all other kinds of fluids. So we did focus on pee. Um, lots of people in the class were focused or also interested in tears, cool. in sweat, um, and then in some of like the the sexual fluids that we already talk about, but like adding different perspective to how we can play with them. So semen and squirt and vaginal fluids, and uh, we we didn't talk about snot. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the ones we didn't talk about. That's more general audience, perhaps that would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we talked about like our hangups about them, or like our secret like turn ons about them, um, and then how to actually engage in them. And so there was a, a really lovely couple in there who they wanted to play with spit. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, I want to be able to do this thing for the other person. But, you know, they, they just couldn't get over their head that like spit or spitting on someone was seen as like really degrading. Mm-hmm. But their partner wanted that. Yeah. They're like, yes. And <laughs> yeah, yes. Like, yeah, and. Yes. And uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, where's the problem? That's why I like it. Hello. <laughs> so we did work through shame. Yeah. You know, and, yes. and so which was really cool. Um, and also how to reframe things. Like when I uh, went on a, a date once, someone said to me, because I was sweating profusely and then we were drinking coffee and then I was sweating even more and then I was like oh I'm wiping my face and I'm so sorry that I'm sweating and he was like oh it's like goddess dew and I was like oh it's a whole new perspective on sweat for me I'm like so I'm just busy goddess doing over here <laughs> don't mind me while I goddess do while I goddess do mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah I've, I've it's interesting now because I offer a couple services professionally with fluids right so it's interesting um a lot of fluids, I feel like, me topping fluid play, I feel like I'm kind of neutral about it. They're not specifically my kinks, but I'm happy to facilitate it, you know, because I love doing things for people. That's that's a huge kink for me, being like a service person, like a service top, essentially. Um, but it's so interesting to me uh, when I top these fluid scenes, um, just to see all these really cool nuances that I never even would have thought of beyond, like behind, like pee play, like you said, like goddess do, like goddess nectar, nectar. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, and um, those aren't things I have necessarily have a lot of experience in my personal life topping those types of scenes so I'm kind of doing a lot of learning and I'm like trying to figure out a lot of like creative ways to incorporate fluids into scenes you know what I mean yeah so it's whether like for pee play for instance it's like okay if I'm actually peeing on you we need to be like in the tub Mm. because we don't have like a wet and messy facility to just do it like wherever Mm mm-hmm So I'm like, how can we like, but I don't want to like have to get us all the way in the tub to do it. And I want to incorporate it. So I'm like, okay, hmm, if I pee in a a cup, you know, and then I'm like, oh, if then I also maybe make a fluid cocktail in this cup. I'm like, if I spit in it too, if I like, you know, get some of my sweat in there, if then like, if there is a finish, you know, and, and they have, there's some come around, you know, put that in there too, shake it up and like. I love that. You're just bartending fluids. That's totally, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the fluid bar. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm getting ideas for a new uh, a new business. Yeah. I, know, sure. yeah. Like, I will come to the grand opening. Totally. <laughs> but that's very interesting you're saying about um, it's understandable all these fluids have stigmas surrounding them. So it would be difficult for somebody to even come to attend a class, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what we were we were worried about, is that are people going to come out? And that mm-hmm. class was full. Awesome. And Which was great, because I was so happy to be in a space where we got the opportunity to make each other feel safe about the things that turn us on, and especially that are so stigmatized. And most of the people there were not with partners, and so it's like, well, how do you talk to a new partner or an existing partner about this thing that you're into that you're worried they might think you're weird? 
tired or messed up or um, you might just feel even shy like giving life to it with words like for someone else so a lot of people keep it secret or they're just masturbating to it Mm -hmm. which is is sad because maybe you can find really good connection through it and one of the things we talked about was you know if you're if you're approaching a partner about a thing you can't just walk in and be like oh babe uh can you pee on me (laughs) right like it's not like there's no context there's no like how do you want me to feel how do you feel about it like tell a story about your thing right like love it tell a story about so uh, I was kind of thinking about this thing I was thinking about pee and it kind of makes me feel like a position of surrender to you and I want to take in all of you and this is just more of you and that way if the person isn't necessarily into pee or they need to work up to it like you were saying then maybe they have other pieces of your fantasy to connect to the helplessness the surrender whatever or they want you to feel powerful or in control and maybe you learn like a new fantasy out of that maybe it's not pee right away yeah that's such a great point like you know a pee scene can look so many different ways and have so many different intentions right so when somebody thinks of pee scene they might automatically think oh well that's a humiliating act and it's like well it doesn't have to be like that though so you know maybe if there's something else we can tap into here that you are into then maybe you might be like oh okay I didn't know we could do it like that. That's, yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. And often people are intimidated. They're like, oh, my partner wants me to do this thing and I don't know how to do it. And what if I can't pee in front of them? And like, you know, yeah, like... what do you, yeah. Do you have any <laughs> tips for a shy bladder? <laughs> yeah. I totally have a shy bladder too. I think I, I, I do sometimes. I do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I just ask the person to like not look at me, even though eye contact is like part of like it's the intensity, but just to get my flow going. Yeah. Then you can look after I've you started, can you can look back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I think what people forget is that because, like, vaginas also have, like, erectile tissue, and so, like, as we get turned on, we also can't pee. It's harder to pee. Yeah. yeah it actually physically is So sometimes I have to check out a little bit. I have to, like, close my eyes, and, and you can use that as part of your scene. I'll be like, well, sit there and wait patiently I for do your that goddess too. nectar, right? And then I'm like, pee, just pee. Yeah, I know. In my <laughs> head, I'm like, okay, just relax those muscles, just, like, yeah. let it flow, and I'm like... Oh, yes, I'm doing this purposefully. Uh. Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> and also, like, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't it doesn't happen. Good right? point. And Great so, point. Yeah, and then you can either work with it or change it up or be like, well, I'm not ready yet. What are you going to do to, like, make it happen? Like, maybe we, you should watch me drink water. Or, like, yeah, yeah. Or maybe, like, you just, all you can do is a couple drops and, and it's like, well, that's all you deserve. Yeah. Like, yeah, craft, yeah. I love that. Like, you know, you can craft a story around all of these things that might happen during a PC that may not be completely under your control. Yeah, yeah. You can still weave this like cool kind of narrative no matter what the outcome is. Totally. And yeah. it becomes easier and easier the more you let go of, of self-judgment and performing. And so I'm like, well, I want to do this thing for people and I have a concept of what I want to do for a partner. But at the end of the day, I mean, my body is my body, your mood's your mood, and like whatever happens, it's all play. And I think people get really hard on themselves about performing in a particular like, well, I have to be like those doms I saw in like porn or, exactly. you know, or wherever and that's just not real right like it's just not it's entertaining it's inspiring it's beautiful it's fun but we're real bladders (laughs) we're not on stage we don't have edits like it's just what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you realize if you're watching a pee porn they probably sat there for a couple minutes not being able to do it yeah and then they crop that out some really good editing yeah yeah some really talented (laughs) editor and we love that person however you know if that's all you know then you think it's supposed to happen a certain way yeah exactly going to yeah Yeah. and i loved what you said about the that it doesn't always have to be around humiliation yeah it can be around adoration it can be around whatever theme or flavor you want it doesn't really matter and the activity of water sports is just the vessel for that mood that flavor whatever thing you're you're interested in yeah i find more often like when i get a request for fluids it's it's more the angle of like worshiping the goddess of like or like providing a service like doing a service task for the goddess or the the dom useful like it actually is less commonly about humiliation yeah like uh, that i'm finding in the scenes that i'm facilitating so interesting it's kind of interesting Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah 
What are some scenes we can do? Like, what what can we do with sweat, for instance? Ooh. <clears throat> so some people really like just the feel of sweat because it makes your body slippery. Yes. Yeah, you get more, like, texture. When you um, rub it up on each other. Yeah, you can be sort of slippery together or, like, take that in. For a lot of people, it feels very primal, and so it's like you're just tearing into each other. Um, some people also really like the taste of sweat because it could be salty or it could be part of your partner's uh, taste or their vibe. And so you could have scenes where you're tasting each other, very sensual and very exploring this one particular sense. And so like a lot of times taste doesn't really uh, factor in. We, we sort of like, we focus on touch, we focus on visuals and then scent taste and kind of auditory stuff is like, oh, we forget. We mm-hmm. forget that these are part of sex and we can draw them in. So sweat's a really good thing for that one. Yeah. Um, some people also just like watching it. It's like a shift, right? So it's a shift from your regular self into, oh, you're transforming or evolving or becoming aroused or becoming heated. So it can totally be part of that. Um, and for other people, it just becomes sort of a background. It becomes something that's like part of all the other things that you're doing. So you could be doing a scene that's around spanking and then watching your dom get all sweaty from like spanking you and your body has transformed too. You've got a little bit of red on your bum. And so it's like both of you are showing these visible, visceral kind of um, things that you can just see and take in. Yeah, I like when a sub is kind of sweating because they're, like, nervous. Nervous. Oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're sweating right now, aren't you? Yeah, they're like, yeah, a little bit. A little bit, sorry, sorry, but sorry, but sorry. So, yeah. Yes. yeah, it's interesting. I had a, um, I topped, um, I'm going to call this a scene just because of this person's specific kink. What I was doing was using someone, uh, a friend of mine, as a demo. Hey, Dick Wound. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Dick let's Wound. just say Dick's name. Um, uh, where uh, he was, um, he doesn't really like a lot of, uh, to be touched a lot. Like, he's not a hugger. He's, like, edgy, risky play is surrounding like somebody touching him you know so so this lap dance demo him demoing being the demo bottom for my lap dance class was very much a scene for him right um and I very much was like all very much aware of of what was happening yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um it was interesting because you know I was doing my lap dancing rubbing up on him and trying to make him as uncomfortable as possible essentially and like bringing in a humiliation and element too because it's in front of an audience and all this kind of stuff um and after what he told me what the uh, hottest part of it was watching like a bead of sweat down you know my hairline down my face down my neck he's like I was just like watching that bead of sweat the whole time and that like got me through you know the scene yeah and I was like that's so interesting and then the other part he found hot about it is why I was wearing an eye patch too (laughs) and I'm like fair okay yeah yeah so all that all that gyrating I was doing nothing eh nothing nothing eye patch and sweat you could have put on an eye patch and jump rope and it would have been the same thing Also, then we mentioned, like, some classes are so taboo for people that they can't even make them get get in a room with other fetishists, yeah. right? So you do webinars, yeah. right? That's something you offer. So what does this look like? Yeah, so the webinars are great because um, lots of people can't make it out to a class or they're too shy about showing up for something. Or geographically. Um, or geographically, yeah. And so you get to watch from home and they're live. So you can chat with me. Oh, I love it. And ask your own questions. Yeah. And if you don't attend, all ticket holders get a recording anyway. So the, just the benefit of showing up live is that you can ask your own particular questions. Um, and I started doing them because I actually love doing video. I love like being able to reach people that maybe I would never get to come in contact with. And uh, yeah, they they worked out really well for stuff that won't necessarily draw enough of an audience to hold a class. So like what, for example? Yeah, the pegging one actually was surprising for me because every time I run strap on play, it's so hit or miss. It's like you'll get a full class or like nobody shows up. Mm -hmm. And strap on play is so particular because you've got so many different types of equipment. And so there's a lot of guidance provided in that webinar on how to choose the things that are like best for you and how to break down some 
of the intimidating stereotypes around strap-on play and what it has to look like and is it humiliating, is it feminizing, is it this, is it masculine, whatever. Um, so that one worked out really well and they got an opportunity also to have, um, I provide little shopping guides after of like curated stuff that I like, that I've tested, I've tried. So it's really good value for people and the pegging one um, also brought up stuff around homophobia yeah. and specifically, I mean, pegging is one type of fantasy of strap-on play. And so there's there's a lot of um, misunderstandings around that it has to be humiliating or it has to, but it's really just like you're, you can be, it can be humiliating if you want to, but you can also just flip up who gets to re- be the receiver and who gets to be the giver. And that's good enough for your pegging fantasy. Um, so that one was great. There was a lot of chat in that one. Yeah. Nice. And then of course the ones that are popular that everyone shows up to in person and on webinar are BJs. There's like, <laughs> I feel like I could retire off of BJ classes, like, <laughs> which I'm happy to do, but like no one shows up for Eat Pussy Like a Champ. So that one's coming up, yeah. and I hope to fill that one. I feel we need to, it's my duty to help cunnilingus around the world. Definitely, <laughs> like, definitely. Yeah. Um, other ones that, that sometimes are not particularly so fetishy, but that people don't necessarily want to come to in person, I guess, the sensual stuff. I think people hmm. think sensuality is something you can't learn or that it's soft or romantic or feminine and it can be those things but it's also about like learning like we talked about how to tap into what are your underused senses maybe there's like another way to get turned on that you haven't even really thought about and sensuality can also like deepen mindfulness if you've ever gotten distracted during sex like that can totally help with it so that's a good one too Yeah, yeah love it and okay so if people are um watching this webinar and interacting with you in this class can they still can they remain anonymous yes so yeah so they're they're feel if if it's something that's taboo or that they feel is too taboo to kind of link to their identity that's something that people could do exactly they get to choose like a chat name and so you could be like wonder woman i don't care like it doesn't matter um and their video and audio is off but mine is on yes yeah okay amazing um as far as ones that are more popular online Hmm. do you think in general it's stuff that's more taboo um i think so i think so i think um I have a couple coming up around uh, prostate health, um, and that's not necessarily taboo, but it's not something that we center sex ed around. Like we not tend at all. To, right? Like, it's just sort of butt stuff. But, like, yeah. um, I think there's some slight bias in a lot of our, even our sex positive sex ed, and we tend to teach what people are going to come to. And um, so... Yeah, definitely prostate stuff. Um, CBT, actually. Yes. I mean, that does well at the Ritual Chamber. Yeah, but it you have one coming up, right? Yes, yes. yes. Um, I can't remember the date. I've You've got, got it. it there. Yeah. I do. <laughs> that way. one's really that wrong one's way, Erin. Definitely, yeah. March twenty third. March twenty third. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about CBT. Oh my Shall god, we? CBT. So this is an intro class. Yes. Okay. It's totally for beginners, and right. I think people get freaked out about the torture part of cock and ball torture, <laughs> yeah, they do. and other people get like deliciously excited about it. <laughs> so, but I mean, cock and ball torture, like any other kinky thing, it's a continuum, and so yeah. you've got like very basic, you know, at the beginning of it, it could just be like squeeze a dick or a balls a little bit too tight and then at the other end of it you've got like electroplay you've got saline inflation of like glow-in-the-dark fluids like I'm not teaching that yeah. so we're focusing on how do you craft a scene what safety things do you need to be aware of what techniques can you start out with what are the fun delicious little tools and toys that are out there for torture yeah um, and what can your scene look like how are you going to communicate when someone looks like they're in pain and lots of people get uh, really excited by that because it's an intense emotion that someone has surrendered to you in this space so that you can like take them there and trigger them into this place and other people including myself when someone looks like they're in pain you're like oh no I'm like oh my god, oh my god. yeah <laughs> the first time I did it someone was like can you slap my balls and I said okay sure and so I slapped them a little bit lightly and then he was like oh how about a little bit harder and I did a little bit harder and he's like no I can take more and then I whacked them he screamed I screamed and I was like I'm done <laughs> I'm done I don't get this I don't <laughs> Also, if you don't get it the first time, it's okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, you can find your way in this stuff. Yeah. 
What are the conversations we have before we're we're playing? Let's say we're the two people playing for the first time yeah. uh, with specifically with CBT. What's something we should? What are questions we should ask? What should we talk about? Yeah, I think one thing I always ask is, you know, have you had experience with this before? Yeah, because then people sort of know their pain tolerance. They understand what areas they want tortured, how they want them tortured. Other people have just been like masturbating to this forever, and so the fantasies are intense but when we translate it to reality it might not feel the same way yeah I I deal with that a lot do you yes because like like, with being professional like I I have so 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 many clients so that's exactly true and I right off the bat I have to be like okay so everything you know this very specific fantasy that's in your head let it go <laughs> because, <laughs> because I'm not a mind reader. And even if you are a fantastic communicator and negotiator, I'm not going to be able to replicate what exactly is in your head. So right away, let's just surrender to like be here in the room together and like, let's not so much worry about what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. Just yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Let's try to let, let that fall go. away as much as possible and just be here together. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. Yeah, yeah. I think that's amazing. Just in general with, with people that, yeah, have had like this long-standing fantasy and they're yeah. getting to do it IRL for the first time. Yeah. I think that's even great advice for like hookups because people come into hookups kind of like, you with know, a preconceived like, notion thing and like, yeah. And it's like, no, like I'm a person, like this is a moment. And so, so what do we feel right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. Um, another but sorry, thing... I was, I was interrupting you. So yeah. No, so that's okay. To that talk about. So okay, great, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> I was thinking about the, the idea of like, if you let it go and treat the first time really as play and exploration, mm-hmm. like I want to get curious about what I can do to you to provoke a delicious response. Mm-hmm. And so I would ask someone, you know, what do they look like when they're having a really great time? Cause I may not be able to tell if it's like screaming in pain, but that may be a really good time for them. That may be like what they're like aiming for. Yeah. So what are, yeah. What are we aiming for here? Yeah. Yeah, Like how, how do you look when you're really enjoying yourself? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, do you, yeah. Are you going to be, do you like to be like screaming, yelling, flinching, grunting? Is that a place? Yeah. Are those things you want to be doing while I'm doing this to you? Yes. Yes. And I would also ask, are there specific things that you fantasize about? Some people love watching like a shoe on their balls, but about to press down. Or I had one partner who really fantasized about um, having his dick cut off. Mm-hmm. And so if I was giving him a blowjob, I would just threaten to like bite it off, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't. So that's CBT. The CBT can also just be about the fantasy and illusion. Um, and so we I ended love up, that. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Why not? Like if it's psychological and if it brings you into like this place, of tension and anxiety like is she gonna bite my dick off I don't know like Mm -hmm. and and getting someone into that zone is a a wonderful experience because then it starts to make me feel more confident that oh I've like I found their buttons and they're safe with their buttons being pressed and I think that's what a lot of tops um who are into things like pain and pleasure or, or CBT it can become challenging because you're trying to trigger someone into a state where they're vulnerable and at the same time like you're trying to be responsible and trying to get communication and then the bottom also has to give communication but often that's not clear and and people feel that more communication takes out from the the power spontaneity yeah and i'm like that's bullshit i think like communication can punctuate power for sure the words that i use and how that i say that or how i say them the eye contact or the touch or whatever when i'm gonna do it yeah come on yeah Yeah, i i have that exact same conversation with like people that come in and I'm like, okay, tell me all the things. Tell me everything. Tell me as much information as possible because for me, that's how I can facilitate a really nuanced scene for you. And sometimes they're like, well, here's the thing. I don't want to know what you're going to do. And I'm like, no. No. (laughs) No. I'm like, "Mm, no, I don't accept that. I I will not. That's not. It's not a thing. So that's a hard limit for me. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to know what you're going to do. I'm like, well, I need to know. Like that's yeah. just so irresponsible. It's to irresponsible, me. and I get the fantasy of it. I like, get where I get what he means. You want to me, well then I tell them I'm like, give me a list of five things that you hope that goddess would do for you, yeah. and then I'll choose whatever yeah. order. So there is a sense of surprise, but you've consented to these five things. I'm not going to bring in a sixth thing no. in the middle of a scene just because you look like you're having a good time. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of creativity that people 
miss out on because we're trying to, we forget it's play. Like, it's mm-hmm. like you're trying to recreate real feelings, but you're in an intentional erotic space. So yeah. it is play. Use rituals. Use, like, getting someone into the mindset. Like, get yourself into that mindset. Like, I got to feel myself before I get into that space. Totally. And I'm not, I think people often assume that you have to have a big personality and you're big and dominant outside of your dominant space. And I'm not, I'm a huge people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, you can also use that, like you said, to your advantage of being more of like a service top or figuring out like how to make people, um, get into that surrendered place. Yeah. What about it is yeah. interesting to you. Yeah. And then just going hard on that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think for for tops that are interested in CBT, you have to do your work. You have to know anatomy. You have to know what's safe and what's not safe. You have to know your tools. And you can't use makeshift or makeshift bullshit tools. You know, like if you want a ball crusher, invest in a proper ball ball crusher that has tension screws and you can control like the distribution of weight. Like you can't just put two books together, like, and call it a ball crusher. Yeah. So unless, (laughs) unless you're experienced enough to know how to do that. Yeah. 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 Totally. For first timers, I think it's the start slow, like start with sensation, start with whatever you already have on your body and see how you can create pain, tension, pleasure for someone's cock and balls. Yeah. And something else that you kind of brought up, uh, which is kind of interesting, this like each kink can also be, you know, about the aesthetics of it, like how it looks. Right. So as you said, like, you know, maybe since we're talking about CBT, like that shoe coming down on the ball or the heel or whatever, that little stiletto heel or something. Yeah. Like it may be more about how that looks and how what I associate with, you know, what I'm getting visually here. Yeah. Uh, rather than how it feels, you know, because something that's, and I I like that because people that are engaging in a kink that they've had a fantasy about it for a long time. And, you know, they're really new to doing it with another person. You may not, as you, as you mentioned, like fantasy may not translate so well into reality. Like you may not be able to do all the things that the dude in the ball busting porn can take, you know what I mean? So what the Dom has to do then is like fill in all the fantasy blanks, make them feel like they're, they're the guy in that video, like like taking the most extreme type of CBT ever. Like you can do that with all your dirty talk, you know? Yep. Yeah, totally. Just you fill in the blanks. Those like six pairs of stilettos and then blindfold them and be like, well, I don't know which one you're going to get. Like yep. maybe you can guess which one it is. And if you don't guess, you get a kick in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this evil giggling. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love this. Love this conversation we're having, <laughs> but too. we should take a break, Luna. So let's do this really quick. We have some fantastic sponsors that we want you to hear about. And then we've got lots more with sex and pleasure educator Luna Matadas after the break. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Hello everyone, welcome back. I'm here with the lovely Luna Matadas. (laughs) 
And we uh, we're looking through your, you know, your little. I, I'm on the Ritual Chamber website, and I'm looking at these upcoming workshops. So yes, you've got the intro to CBT March 23rd, and then we're seeing here on April 6th. You have sexy skills for submissives. Yeah, love that. Yes. What? Okay. Let Let's talk about this. I I this could literally be anything, and I'm lo- I want to hear your perspective on this what skills do we need to have so i think for for subs one of the the biggest skills is um communication right like i mean the workshop goes into things that are also around um exploring your submissive identity busting some submissive myths how do you find a like-minded dom um what kind of you know how do you respond to when doms approach you and it's like they already own you and like how, how can you still be an empowered submissive and that doesn't mean you surrender to like everything every dom wants to do to you um but the communication part for when you're in the scene i feel yeah. i'm a switch and Me too. um yeah and i find that um, and I don't know if you find this too, but when I, I get into a Dom perspective, I'm very much more of an intellectual and then it kind of like, I get like an intellectual turn on and then it goes down to more of maybe a visceral or like a, a genital kind of turn on. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but as a sub, it starts the other way. And so it starts very body, very surrendered. And it's probably what I masturbate more to. So it's like a, a very hypersexual piece for me. And so then I find in that space and with subs that, that I Dom, it's very hard to, uh, communicate from that space because your yeah. communication skills are for you as a person and not as a sub. And so, well, how do you, if you want something changed in a scene, do you feel like you're topping from the bottom? Do you feel like you're not allowed to speak up? Do you feel like, well, you asked for this, so you have to keep going? Mm-hmm. And um, not only around consent, but even just around pleasure and fun. Like, does this still feel good the way you thought it was going to feel? Is the Dom doing it the way that you wanted it done? And so I give uh, about five or six different ways to change things up or ask for things from the bottom. And so, you know, if you're a sub that maybe is a a slave or um, a brat or whatever it is, asking for something doesn't have to be like, oh, hey, like, this is kind of boring. Like, can I have more of this? It doesn't have to be dry or out of character. You could beg for it, right? You could be naughty and then get punished. You could be, you know, like, what can I do to please you? Or, you know, you can do so many different things from your sub voice. And I think people just need a little bit of like idea right and be like oh yeah I could say that or I could do that yeah oh I love that so much because like as as a top I love a chatty bottom I do I, I don't I I don't want him bratty but I want him chatty I want to be I want them to have as much weight in this storyline as I do as a top right so like I very much am encouraging them to you know take this to the next level to like you know do a hard right over here like you know we both should be doing that not that it's like work but you know doing that work right like by all means like start begging for a new thing and then oh my god you wanted that okay great let's do that then like because as a top and a a lot of times I feel like a service toppy the last thing I want to do is, you know, facilitating something that you're not that interested in. Yes. That's the last thing I want as a top. So by all means, like, take this in a direction that you're more excited about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to guess as a top, like... Yeah, don't make it more work you know, for me. Yeah, like, give me a top cookie. Like, you yeah. know, like, show me you like this. Like, show me I'm doing good, too. Yeah. And I think people forget that these scenes, maybe the responsibility and the production and the execution of it might come from the the dominant, but the ideas and the mood is a co-creation. Definitely. It has to be both people creating. I agree and 100%. And the biggest complaint I get in femdom classes, they're like, well, how do I come up with ideas? I don't have any more ideas. I don't want And I'm like, well, you ask gotta like them. ask your sub and make it a dom thing. I used to tell my sissy, you know, come up with 10 ways you want to be rewarded and 10 ways you're going to be punished. And yeah. then I'll figure out like the rest. And that way I'm like, oh, good. I don't have to think of anything. Totally. <laughs> and that way also they're getting exactly what they want. Exactly. I love to ask subs questions in scenes. Yeah. I always ask them questions. I'm like, what do you think I'm going to do to you? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. Because it's interesting. Um, some people don't have like all these communication skills maybe to do this talk pre-scene but sometimes when you get someone in a scene and then you ask them a question and they're already feeling kind of subby then suddenly they can't 
shut up about suddenly you're telling me all the fantasies i'm like well where was this like a half hour ago when i'm trying to get information out of you that's so true sometimes they're just like need to be in the scene to do it melt yeah yeah and then they know exactly what they that's so what they need and want that's so true i love that you said that because you can have the conversations beforehand and sometimes they feel too sterile for you to really get any ideas and then once you're in the scene and they're kind of warmed up then you can start to also encourage and invite that and i think subs also need to um kind of figure out like, well, are there other ways I'm also going to communicate other than verbally? Right. And so maybe nonverbal, if I, I, uh, my, my best friend and I have uh, platonic threesomes where we like to dominate a dude together. And so we were dominating (laughs) a puppy the other day (laughs) and and we were like, puppy, you need to wiggle your bum if you're having a good time. And so puppy at first would wiggle a little bit. I was like, puppy, that doesn't look like good enthusiasm. Wiggle harder. (laughs) And so then we knew that puppy wiggling and eventually he caught on. And was like, okay, like, I got to show that I like this if I want more. And was, like, wiggling his bum. Yeah. And so you can also communicate with your eyes. You can communicate with your whimpers. You can communicate with, like, your body writhing. Or there's so many different ways. But to tune in to all that you have available and to offer your dominant is a wonderfully progressive tool in your power exchange. It really becomes something that just deepens the eroticism of it. Totally. How Do you have any... Um, advice for people that are like, how do I do that as a sub? Like, how do I get more in my body? How do I, how do I communicate better as a bottom? I think the, the tool that all of us submissives have is, is our fantasies and our, our masturbation and like what we get off to it or whether you masturbate to it or it just turns you on. And so really the next time taking it as a, a curious kind of exploration into your fantasy and noticing like, oh yeah, every time I masturbate, I picture a dominant in a mm-hmm. latex corset. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something for me. That's like visceral, that's aesthetic. And I think that helps us if you take the focus away from masturbation as being orgasm focused and just kind of discovering and playing and tuning into those fantasies another way is to read bdsm erotica yes right like i mean porn can show us that that visual wonderful aesthetic but bdsm erotica gives our own erotic imagination a chance to like get involved yeah you know i also think like getting into other submissive forums and like talking to other subs i'm obsessed with dark corners of reddit don't tell anyone and I want so many subs. I didn't even know Reddit before. Like, I was like, wow, there must be dirty shit on here now that Craigslist closed totally. for personals. Yeah. And there is. Yeah. RIP personals. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's like wonderful examples of on there, on FetLife, of people kind of talking about what their experiences have been, what their challenges have been. And normally we go on to these sites like hunting, right? For like yeah. fodder. Right. But like go in kind of like taking your erotic imagination as a source of creativity that you want to stimulate. Yeah, totally. Do you happen to mention um, for subs, uh, you know, knowing themselves and uh, then being able to, you know, explain that to a top, like starting with you, that kind of a thing? Yeah, I think um, some people go the other way. They go kind of like experiential. And I think I went into doming that way. I just started doming and I I was just like, well, I don't get this. It doesn't, I don't, I'm not a dom. I don't get this. And then eventually I found my place and did introspection in the middle of it. But it can be useful in the beginning to really just tease out, you know, focusing on less what you want to do, but how do you want to feel? Yeah, so yeah. you want to feel helpless, you want to feel afraid, you want to feel adored, nurtured, whatever it is, and and thinking about, well, how can I, how also do I want my partner to feel when I feel that? So if you want to feel helpless, does that mean I should feel mean? Should I feel powerful? Should I feel like a daddy? Like, what is, what do you want your partner to also engage in? Some people find it, it's really useful to write their own erotica or like sext mm. and, and really have time to like think about it. To and like build put the it fantasy yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Great. And my favorite book, if people are into uh, learning about it from literature. I love the big or the new book of bottoming. It's yes. amazing, right? The new book of topping is also wonderful. Yep. Both of them are like my Bibles for power exchange. <laughs> but the bottoming book takes it from a perspective of not here are activities that you need to replicate or decide if you're into like those big BDSM checklists, which yep. are useful to a perspective. But sometimes if you don't ha- know what that activity entails, then you're just like, no, I'm not into that. So I think the books can also help us kind of tease out more of our relationship to our submissive side and how do yep. we like pivot into that person. So there's lots of activities or exercises or things to kind of think about to create that flow. And the other thing I think is just really like 
letting go of the idea that you're going to get into every scene and like completely lose yourself. That's right. Unrealistic. You're tired. Some days you're in a mood. Some days, you know, this you is got a, a lot thing, to do after. Got a lot to do. Yeah. And so you're you nervous. Slow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's okay. It doesn't really matter if you get flow or not, or if you just had a little bit of fun or you learn something about yourself. I think debriefing with yourself after every scene is a really good tool. Like yeah. maybe right after and then like three days later. Like what are the hot parts and what are the parts you could have done without of and what are things you absolutely didn't like? Totally, yeah. And and communicate to yeah. that top if you're going to play with them again. Oh, who, what what Dom doesn't love to receive that text three days later? Oh, yeah. Saying I'm still thinking about these three things. Yes, yes. Like that's... That's when I put on my tiara and I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, I, I remember now. I'm I recall. goddess of the world. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a way to make, you know, negotiation, like, hot as hell. Like, please, by all means, tell me your favorite parts of the scene. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. That we can elaborate on, that we could... Yes. And it opens up the conversation of, like... Um, you know, what, what could be different the next time we do this, like how to make this even more nuanced, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And doing that three days later or exploring yourself three days before it's outside of that sexy time where your adrenaline, your endorphins, like all the feel good stuff is clouding and you've, you've shifted to a different space within yourself. And it's hard in that space to really grab tools that you're just developing. So work on those tools before and after your scenes. Yeah. Love it. Totally love it. What is your favorite workshop to teach Luna Matadas. Oh, this is so hard! (laughs) Irregardless of, you know, is it a good seller? Is it popular with the people? What do you like to teach the best? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'm so... Can I pick two? Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, How to Have a Threesome is my favorite. Yes! I I think it's just because the world of threesomes is so gross. (laughs) And it's just so... Let's be real. It's so 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 easy to be better. Like, we're starting so low. If we just, like, cared about the other person's (laughs) desires... Just a little bit. Hey, you got a good threesome. You know? So I feel the transformation potential in that one is, like, high. Yeah. Like, I send couples out into the world. I send unicorns out with like more confidence and to not put up with bullshit and so it's like that one I I like the the idea that it's a really clear way to like leave the workshop and improve your profile you know (laughs) yes and then my other favorite one is be a fabulous femdom Hell yes, be a fabulous femdom. It's so wonderful because people come in thinking that they have to be in like six inch stilettos and like, you know, I love that you dom in like Doc Martens. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's so beautiful. And, and it's an opportunity for femdoming to also improve how you use your erotic energy outside of the bedroom. And yeah. really, it's transformed the way I take up space, like, arguing on the phone with, like, Rogers or, like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, sitting and telling my ideas in a corporate workspace or, like, it really just allowed me to access this, like, dominant power that that is within me, but I just didn't know how to how to tap into. Totally. And so people yeah. walk out of that feeling all, like, oh, like, yeah, like, let's take over the world, let's and patriarchy. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's really fun. Yeah. Let's peg the patriarchy, <laughs> peg the patriarchy one might say. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Product placement. Libertadmatavis.com. Uh, <laughs> Probably slash merch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll find it. You'll you find can it. Google peg the patriarchy. Much to my mother's dismay, you will find me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's so true, though. It's interesting, like... Um, Cause now I'm like doing it professionally. I'm like logging the hours, right? I'm really putting, putting in the hours, um, with my topping and doming and it legitimately is transforming my life. Like now I value my time differently. Yeah. You know, like I, I quite literally know I'm worth more than, you know, I, I feel completely confident and comfortable asking for more money, like things like that. You know what I mean? That's amazing. Yeah. Like I actually value, I actually value myself more. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like, no, I won't do it for that rate. Like, oh my God. I'll, you know, this is my minimum rate yes. and it just is. And I'm not sorry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not apologetic about it. I love that. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's the main thing I think. I mean, I've had so many fantastic takeaways from um, 
I'm basically have just reached my Dhammaversary oh, recently. Yeah, like in, in mid-December is kind of when I started at the Ritual Chamber. And I think that's my main takeaway a year in is like I just value my time more. Yeah. 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 And my work, like I do a lot of fucking work, you know, yeah. I do so many little things constantly. I have so many projects on the go. I'm a hard fucking worker. Yes. And guess what? It's valuable and pay me for it. Yeah. 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 It's made me way less apologetic. Yeah. Um, and I think I didn't realize all of these insidious messagings from like, we live in a misogynist and patriarchal society. And like, while anyone can come to the femdom class, it doesn't matter what gender you are. If you just want to explore feminine dominance, it does focus on like the ways in which we devalue the femme. And yeah. how, like, your personal is absolutely political and being able to take up that space and to orient yourself in a different way of your value and, like, all those things are just, that you know, it's your erotic energy, but your erotic energy is the same as your creative energy. And so whether you use it sexually or you use it, like, in the world, like, good, good for you, but strengthen yeah. it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, um, I mean... Obviously, I still play in my personal life as well. Another thing is like, I'm I'm such a good fucking negotiator now. Oh my god, teach me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your life. <laughs> Just fix me. <laughs> fix me, daddy. Um, <laughs> like I'm so good now at um at uh, advocating for myself, mm. you know, and um. I, I just have such a clear idea of, because like I do it for my business, I do it for work. So I'm like, I, I can really like simplify and get down to it like right away. I'm so clear and concise about what I want now. Yeah. And I, I was okay at it before, but I think those, all those skills are just like developing more and more. And it's just putting the hours, it's putting in the reps it's the more experience. It's, it's the more times you have to do it. Yeah. And the more, you know, every time I literally have to sit down with the pe- people and be like, okay, you're giving me this whole narrative. Great. Um, I need to extract all the information from it and turn it into something. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like really good at doing that now of being like, okay, what is this really about? Yes. How do you, like you said before, how do you really want to feel? Yeah. Like, and just getting it down to you know, what you need to facilitate a really good, satisfying scene. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that that skill has been like, it's really developing. Yeah. 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 For sure. And again, not perfect at it. And you know, all we, we can all learn always still. I actually wish there were more classes for pro doms. Yeah. Like more like one Oh two stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. I think that's so important. I know Sharazad does the one of them, right? I think a couple of times a year. Yeah. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a great, that's a great question. I don't have it up right now, but, um, yeah, Yeah. she hears that does offer, um, a lot of great one Oh twos as well. Yeah. 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 Is there something that you offer that while we're speaking about it, that you kind of jump in at a one Oh two level and beyond? Yeah. So I actually offer, uh, sorry, I offer, um, do it like a Dom, which is an online, um, series. So you can take it from anywhere in the world and it's broken into four parts. So if you're very at the beginning, you can take the beginning one or you can jump in at level two or three. And because it's one-on-one, it's completely customized. So if you're like, I have this sub and I want to do this with him and I, or her and I don't know how to really uh like manipulate our energies together then we work specifically on your scene and for the summer I'm actually hoping to do um a 102 kind of skills intensive so Mm -hmm. focusing on communication and stuff but also like on some of the popular skills that you may want to engage in if you're a femdom or you're just starting out or you're like I don't know what activities I like so impact play rope sensation play um and humiliation Mm -hmm. and yeah so those details will be coming I don't know what it's going to look like but I'm just like I need to create a space for like femdoms to do like intensive work and also build on the solidarity and camaraderie of all of our shared experiences and learning from each other yeah I found femdoming also really helped me with um hooking up and casual sex like I was just able even if I wasn't in a femdom role I was really able to assert Mm -hmm. my needs way more Mm -hmm. and also cut things when I normally would have complied yeah and would have just been like well it's just one night and it's not that serious and like talking myself out of being empowered in those situations totally yeah and I love that you're talking about like this the community yeah that's so it's so amazing like I've been um yeah over this past year I've been um getting so reflective uh (laughs) 
<laughs> it's my dom anniversary. It's almost a new year. When I think about what I've done in this past year, like some of my um, most uh, important moments are like connecting with other pros. There's a bunch of different like socials that we do uh, just to meet other pros and talk about it. Just have the camaraderie and the community. Yeah. Surrounding like our, our workplace. Yeah. Our workplaces. Yeah. And you're it's right. It's so valuable. In that it doesn't just stop at like the sexual or erotic piece. Like that camaraderie is amazing. I met a Dom through uh, when we were both teaching on O School and she actually operates out of uh, Portland. And I had some drama with my Peg the Patriarch from someone in Portland and who was stealing it. Oh no. Jerk. And then so I like wrote to uh, Natasha and Natasha was like, oh, I will take care of this. And just like oh went God. in on this person and the community's so small. So she knew her and it was like, <laughs> oh, like my Dom's sister was like, <laughs> kicking ass story. Yeah. And also to watch and learn from people who are like yourself and like who are growing and um, really taking up space in this community and like her language and challenging this person. I was like, yeah, like I want more bite. I think in 2020 and from my femdom skills, right? Like to, you know, I've learned how to kind of like negotiate a little bit like you, but I also want to learn to like ask for what I want mm-hmm. without kind of second guessing it and like moving so slowly towards that. And yeah, it sounds like yeah. you've got that. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I trying you. Yeah. What, what classes do you wish were better attended? Like what times were, where you've put together a fantastic lesson plan on a really nuanced subject and then nobody comes and you're like, Gah! eat pussy like a uh, champ. champ. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like anything that's geared towards, I mean, that class is open to all genders, yeah. but I find that, um, my, my classes are largely attended by cis women yeah. or non-binary folks or, um, cis men who are in partnerships. And so there isn't... Not solo cis men. Yeah. yeah. Solo cis men, uh, like, I mean, I think there's a, a stigma around learning sex as a skill and masculinity is tied to like, yes. oh, like, well, I should just know how to do the thing. And so they're kind of told, like, why would I need to, like, go and learn anything? Although they reach out. I mean, not always with the best things, but like, hey, you know, hey, 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 hi. hi, hi, you're beautiful. I'm like, I know. So like, <laughs> I don't need that you one definitely... Me. I think uh, sensual sex as well. Like Mm -hmm. it it doesn't necessarily get a huge pull and I would love to see more people deepen their sensuality and not exclude it from BDSM. I think I'm a sensual sadist, you know, I want to hurt you so I can kiss it better. And so it's like, that's a skill. That's like, how do you bring in those two together? Um, I had a really great dirty talk class uh, at Good For Her. I think it was one of my best classes a couple weeks ago. It was full. They were enthusiastic. But that class also doesn't get super well attended, but people are always writing me to to ask about like, oh, how do I get better dirty talk and other books and whatever. But it's great in person. We had the whole class like saying their little dirty things and we all cheered for them. And it's really just confident, right? It's just like not worrying you're going to look like an idiot. And you might you might look silly you might and so what that's cute yeah like oh you tried okay let me take over (laughs) (laughs) oh that's cute i got this (laughs) it's so so true with dirty talk though i think everybody wants to know how to be a better dirty talker yeah right yeah yeah and the fact that i mean the webinars that are orally based or classes that are orally based but for penises get way more attendance than anything for vulvas Mm -hmm. and even the vulva ones that are around like g-spots and multiple orgasms it's largely people with vulvas attending yeah and so it's like why do we have to do the education in the bedroom for you so we need more cis men coming out to classes and and also learning how to deepen their pleasure that their pleasure isn't just centered in their penis yeah right and it doesn't have to be centered in these kinds of uh, masculinity ideals that are out there. And I think there's some educators in the community that are specifically working with cis men. Um, so it's great. Like, that's wonderful that those spaces exist. But mm-hmm. yeah, it would be great <laughs> if, like, yeah. it existed beyond just, like, what can I do with my dick? Yeah. Um, I have one on rough sex. And Ooh. I think that one is so important. And yeah. I'm going to run it again. It was okay attended. Uh, it was a webinar, and I think there's so much, like, if you read any 
you know, heteronormative, like, dating profile from a cis man. It's always about, like, I'm gonna do it rough and hard and dominant. Do you like to be choked? And it's like, well, that's the narrative that we've given, you know, hot sex for for that kind of community. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of risk in it. And there's a lot of, like, risk for miscommunication. There's risk for emotions and physical self. And there's a lot of skill. And it isn't just about throwing someone around because they said they want to throw someone around. Mm -hmm. So I wish that one was more well attended, too, because it just seems to be so popular. Yeah, uh, I had Darren Infinity on the pod not too long ago, and he has this amazing workshop. I think it's called Deconstructing Masculinity. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Like, yeah, and it's a hard draw. It is a hard draw. And it's like that that, um, thing of like, how do we get this education to the people that really need it rather than, you know, just um, creating this echo amongst ourselves, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's hard. How do, how do we, like, cis men who are listening, like, by, by all means, email me yeah. um, at show at gmail.com and tell me, like, why aren't you attending classes? Yeah. Why aren't you, you know, doing the webinars? Yeah. Um, why aren't you trying to broaden and deepen your understanding of sex and sexuality? Like, why not? Yeah. 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 And, and for I, those of us that sleep with cis men, like we need to be like asking more of it and being like, that's not okay. Go learn. Go, t- go take a class. You know? <laughs> Here's a link. Here's a link. <laughs> yeah. We can cuddle until you take the class. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a higher bar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Let's have a higher bar. Like, Truly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of. Uh. <laughs> yeah, just like, uh. I've had a lot of okay sex. Let me put it that way. Yeah, yeah, same. With this <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's it's such a uh, a deterrent to their own pleasure. Like they're standing in their own way. Yes. And and granted, society is like you know a lot of like massaging a lot of this like gross masculinity kind of stuff. And there is a healthier version of it. And people like Darren or Hermes, like all these people are doing yeah. like great stuff. I've just asked Hermes to be a part of a panel. I'm doing this Sex and Cinema series happening in 2020. We're doing it four times um, at the Fox Theater. The first one is February 12th. I haven't said any of this yet, so this is great. All new. Yeah, yeah, all new. (laughs) You heard it here. February 12th at the Fox Theater. We're watching Nine and a Half Weeks, the movie Nine and a Half Weeks from like the mid-80s. It's about kink and it's from the mid-80s. It's crazy. Um, And then we're having a panel uh talking about it so i have hermes on the panel amazing yeah um let me let me uh, real quick yeah because i think that's wonderful to create a a space like that to use kind of pop culture to to talk about it yes yeah Yeah, exactly so yeah okay so hermes den temen oh yeah of course who doesn't yeah (laughs) they're they're (laughs) fantastic um and sophia scarlet who is the switch the pro switch at the ritual yes yes so between the twitter oh yeah so uh between the three of us i think we're gonna have some great conversation about the movie nine and a half weeks beautiful yes yes and maybe that's a a better vehicle like i think also what the bed post sex show does thank you that's a great vehicle for for people on dates or like cis men to attend in a kind of a fun environment Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. I do get some cis men through my online pleasure coaching, but I'd still cool. say it's about 90% couples and um, single cis women. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's cis and trans women, but I yeah. mean, mostly cis women. Um, and it, it would be the ones that I do work with, like, they've had, they come sometimes from a place of, like, confidence. Yes. And, which is great, like, come, because the, the normal dialogue around confidence for dating and cis men is gross. It's, like, very pickup artist Yes, like, yes. I was just gonna like, say that. Right? It's like, very the game. Yes. <laughs> it's the game. Yeah, yeah. And they want to know how to deal with, like, their barriers. And it's, like, yeah, like, what is, you know, in a... In, if you're pursuing dating or you just come out of a relationship or you're trying BDSM, like what are the things you need to know, like all other humans and, yeah. and how is your own, um, you know, pathology getting in the way yeah, yeah. or like, you know, toxic masculinity getting in the way. Cause it is. it is. It absolutely is. Cause let is. me tell you it is. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need to learn emotional intelligence and nurturance and empathy and not more confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not more confidence. Not more confidence. Yeah. But sure, if it gets you in the room, sure. Yeah. Let me teach you how to learn yeah. more confidence. Yeah. <laughs> we gonna... need an episode on toxic masculinity. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, we do. Oh, we do. We so do. Okay, Luna. Unfortunately, we're going to have to save that for the fourth time we have you okay. back on the pod. Because we're about <laughs> at time here. So, okay. We've talked about all the fantastic things that you're doing and things coming up for you. What are, like, the links and your social stuff so we can see exactly and book you and follow you and all that good stuff? Yeah. Okay. So, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as at Luna Matadas, like Hakuna Matadas, but Luna Matadas. <laughs> or you can head over to my website, uh, lunamatadas.com. And my newsletter subscribers actually get the best discounts on webinars. So right. if you sign up for that, I usually send out discounts at the top of the month. Um, and I've got a ton of workshops coming up in both Ottawa and Toronto. So those are all up on my website. And my webinar is coming up. I've got Talking Dirty, yeah. Best BJ, Ooh. Sensual Sex, uh-huh. All About G-Spots and Squirting, yeah. All About Prostate Pleasure, Discovering Erotic Dominance, Hotter Handjobs, and Banishing Bedroom Boredom. So those are all up on my site. So you can take them from anywhere in the world. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, and what have I got to say? <laughs> uh, I've booked all the bedpost dates for 2020. We're the third Friday of every month at 8 p.m. at the Social Capital Theater. Also, we've added some fun holiday shows at Club M4. So the next one coming up is on Valentine's Day at Club M4. We're doing a little mini bedpost there. Uh, oh, oh, I have this really fun YouTube series that I've started. Uh, it's where I review sex toys with comedians. Uh, it's called bedpost product reviews so you can check that up out on our youtube page uh again sismail hit me up uh, sismail sismail <laughs> you won sismail that's listening right at now at sismail.com at sismail.com <laughs> you can email me at the bedpost sex show at gmail.com and talk to me about why you're not coming to classes and what maybe you know what we can do to get you to these totally. classes right um uh facebook is bedpost erotica Instagram is the Bedpost Podcast. I talked about my pro dom in quite a lot, so you can follow me at the Lady Pim One on Twitter or at Pim.Lady on uh, Instagram. Yes. Uh, One last huge thank you to my good friend Stephanie Copeland. You can find out uh, the rest of her music. She does all my original music for the pod at StephCopelandMusic.com. Lastly, but not leastly, Luna Matadas. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me again. This was so fun. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I can't believe it took that long. And we'll have you back for our fourth appearance on the Bedpost Podcast, talking about toxic, toxic masculinity. Sounds good. Sometime very, very soon. Thank you, everyone who's been listening. We'll have you uh, back next week, talking to another fantastic, fun, sexy person here in the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. Next week on the Bedpost Podcast. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.